Um, all right, injuries. We got Burford, knee, um, won't practice. Aaron Banks, toe, limited. Um, Shamar Jean Charles, shoulder, limited. Ray Ray, rib, limited. Hargrave, thumb, limited. And that's it. Go ahead. With Aaron Banks, does he have any chance to potentially play him? Yes, he does. What's the next man up situation for, for Burford at right guard if you go there? Uh, we got some guys on practice squad, and uh, we just brought a guy in. Is the Burford thing a long-term thing, or? Um, no, I think he would be all right if he played Sunday, but it's a question here on Thursday and can't go today, so it's worrisome. Is Arch, uh, is he in the building yet? I am not sure. How, how do you go about getting him up to speed? Any chance that he could suit up on? Uh, there's an outside chance, um, but I mean, with being a short week, we'll most likely go a different direction, but we've got a lot of moving parts with that. Will Giano practice at right guard today and um, Banks at left guard? Maybe. You'd mentioned on Friday that uh, the plan was to sign Jason Brett to the practice squad. Is that still the plan? No, it has not happened. You anticipate it happening? Uh, we'd like it to, but not sure yet. Did the coaches, you and the coaches, stay over here uh, after the game the other night or uh, in preparation of Seattle, or did you guys get to go home? No, we we enjoy Sunday night, knowing how miserable the next few days are going to be. We've been here since we came in Monday morning, but now we enjoyed Sunday for a little bit. Got to bed early and um, aren't going to look back till after the game on Thursday. Fred said that uh, that sometimes the game plan a Thursday after a Sunday sometimes is a little bit more condensed. Is that accurate on both sides of the football? Um, you like it to be. I think it's different on both sides. Um, You'd love to make it condensed. Sometimes you don't have the time to make the, the decisions. To um, you know, you got a bunch of plays you like, and you don't know which. You like to go through plays for a long time to make sure they're all detailed and which ones to go with. And sometimes you don't have time for that. So sometimes you put in the extra ones, and um, you decide over the next 48 hours which ones to take out and keep in. So um, we've done it both ways, but um, it's it's always stuff guys are familiar with. Is the main thing. Numbers show you guys using the deep ball a little bit more than you have uh, in the past. Is that a product of you know you're dialing those up a little bit more and belief in Brock, or is Brock taking those shots more, or is it maybe a combination of those things? Uh, I just I think um, when the looks are there, uh, he takes them, um, and so I think the looks have been there at times, and when they have been there, he really doesn't miss them, and um, done a good job of coming down with them. Are you feeling any difference in the way teams are defending you since you've kind of started to establish that? Um. I, the more areas of the field you hit, the more areas they got to defend. Um, so it's you try to balance all those out. You try to throw where they're not, and uh, Brock's done a real good job of that. What are the hallmarks of a Pete Carroll coach team? Um, d just the style they play with. Um, they're so competitive. doesn't matter what the record is, where you play. Um, offense, defense, special teams, they all go extremely hard. Uh, they practice hard. I, I think just the style of their play, and when you watch the silent, silent tape, it's just as close to ours as anyone else. I, I think we're very similar in the style our teams play with. What's the biggest challenge of Metcalf and Lockett? What's that? What's the biggest challenge of Metcalf and Lockett both? Um, I mean, DK is just how explosive he is. Um, he's and, and the size of him to be that explosive with that size and be able to drop your hips and run all the routes. It's had two guys I've ever been around like that, and one was Julio Jones, and the other was Andre Johnson. And this guy, I think, is a couple inches taller and about 28 pounds bigger, so it shows you how talented he is. And then Lockett, I think, has been one of the more underrated receivers. 
over uh, the last 10 years. He's so consistent in what he does. He's got such a savviness on um, how to find the zones when to lean away from certain man looks and stuff, and um, very consistent receiver. Um, Gino's done some good things. Gino's, uh, he's earned this role to get to where he's been these last two years. Gino is really good at, you know, kind of attacking the defense, take what they give them. Um, the goal is to hopefully make him one dimensional and um, try to get them to have to make some bigger plays and not just stay within the scheme. Witherspoon, and how has he sort of impacted their defense? Uh, yeah, it was, I mean, it would have been fun to watch him these last 24 hours if we weren't having to go against him, but um, he was as advertised. Uh, he's, he's a good player. He's all around the ball. When you study the run game, you see him a lot. When you study first and second down, you see him a lot. When you get to third down and watch coverages, you see him a lot. Um, so it's every aspect of the game he has an impact on and a really good football player who is also extremely talented. What have you observed or, or just seen from Deshaun Gibson as far as working with young players like Jair Brown to help them whenever they get their chance to, to be able to step in seamlessly? Um, Gibbs just got such a poise back there. It's kind of Gip in the back end and Fred in the middle, and, and their ages are a little different, but they're both the, the, um, the dads of the group, I'd say, with Gip being a little more senior than Fred, but um, they're also the ones who um, aren't as reckless. Um, say that in a bad way, but it also could be a good thing. Uh, they, they control things a lot back there. They, he makes very few mistakes, and guys get to watch him a lot by example, too, just how he carries himself each week, how he takes care of his body. And uh, I think he's a guy that not just the secondary looks up to, but everyone on our team. With Odom as a, a safety, a backup safety now, and he's Hawkins on the practice squad, is that, is that a little thin in terms of depth for safety, or is that doable? Um, no, it's, I mean, Usually, most people in the NFL have four safeties. Um, some might have five, some might have three, but a high percentage of four. So when you lose one, it's always an issue. And um, we got a guy in practice squad who you just said, and we got other guys we can cross train. So short week, we'll deal with it right now. But um, something that we might have to address as this year goes. Any existing corners can they step in in a pinch and play safety type positions? Or? I mean, someone's got to go there. Uh, you know, so when you lose certain guys, you got to always have that plan, just like at O-line when you lose a certain amount of guys, just like at quarterback when you lose a certain amount. So, um, you know, there's no third strings on NFL field. It's ones and some guys have twos, but, um, you know, all those twos are also playing special teams. So that's the whole um, challenge as this year goes. Yeah. UCLA, I mean, uh, Seattle likes to use the UCLA running back on the screen game. How do you guys feel like you defended the screen last week against Tampa? And what do you think of the UCLA rookie running back? Uh, he's good, good back, done good in, um, in the games this year. We really thought he was a good player coming out of college. Uh, he's good at running the ball, good at screens. Um, we got better last week, I thought, at screens. Not to be confused with, did very good. Um, so something I know we'll keep seeing, and we got to keep challenging. You see the, uh, the Seahawks run defense, Kyle. You guys did pretty well against it last, last year. So how has it changed at all, and how has your rush, rushing attack been? Um, I mean, they're always a challenge to run the ball against. It usually takes till the fourth quarter to, and you got to break a long one um, to ever make it look like you did good. Uh, it's they usually commit to that pretty well. Um, up there, it's twice as hard as anywhere else. Uh, cadence is a huge issue. They would use it to their advantage big time, and it's hard to get it going. So, uh, you know, you got to get a big one to have that, which we have gotten a couple times, but it's usually not till late. And then I usually look at getting the run game going to kind of how we do when we're not running the ball, because that has to do with staying on the field, moving the chains, and that's what allows you eventually to get the run game going. You mentioned the other day. Yeah, it's Kittle's you know, desire to win or competitiveness, but you will see 
him, you know, it's not news, but during a game, you guys might be losing and he's kind of laughing on the sideline or, or, or joking around. Um, like initially when you first saw that, or became aware of that, were you like, what is up with this guy? Um, like, is this guy wired just a little bit differently? Um, he was more nervous his rookie year. <laughs> he wasn't as talkative. He didn't have the ponytail yet then and didn't have as many tattoos. Um, you know, Kittle's just always a positive guy. I mean, if, if he's talking, and he does a lot um, after his rookie year, that's always positive. I mean, he's always going to be upbeat and stuff. I love that because that's him. Sometimes I don't enjoy it the most when I practice and things I don't think there's much to be positive about. And I can see him going around just being all positive like he is, but then you realize that's who he is, and he's always like that. So guys count on him for that, and um, I think it helps him, helps him stay at a certain level, and um, makes him be a leader in his way to our guys. Uh, it's, it's real valuable. I mean, he's been to some loud places too, but Seattle is always right there as the loudest, if not tied for it. And uh, you can always tell people how loud it is, but um, they don't know till they go there. And he went there, so he knows what we're talking about. So I don't have to stress the importance of, to, of it to him. Uh, he's going to be doing it to our guys for these two days. You mentioned the other day allowing the guys to sleep in this morning and, and, and on Monday. Is, is there any science uh, behind that? Is there uh, an amount of sleep you, you want the guys to have on a, on a short week like this one? Yeah, there is, but I don't, I don't memorize those things or injury reports for you guys because um, I don't want stuff to go out that actually I need to know. Um, so I try to let them get as much sleep as possible. Um, that's why we push back our schedules and everything, stuff that we didn't used to talk about back in the day, but they have been for about the last 10 years, and it's very evident. And I know we feel it as coaches. You can see it on players, and it's um, there's just not enough time here. So um, when you cram everything in, it might make you feel good, but then the guys are dead for that game, and the best way to recover is sleep, and um, we're going to do that as much as we can. All right, guys.